So if we've got everyone back into the auditorium, we'll go down the home stretch. If we could have, uh, let's see, Dr. Rick Scarborough, if you would come up and have a seat. Uh, Pastor Dan Fisher, my co-pastor. Dan, if you'd come up and have a seat. Uh, Carl Toady. Uh, Carl is from, uh, is it Lubbock, New uh, Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas. Very good. South Oklahoma, uh, Lubbock, Texas. And then uh, 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 Steve Smotherman will be up here as well. We're going to do some brief next steps. Then I'm going to come down there, uh, hopefully without falling, and then take questions. Uh, and these guys, what's that? In fact, yeah, yeah, if you guys want to, we're not social distancing in here. Uh, those of you on the side, if you want, you're welcome to stay where you're at, but if you want to come together and get closer, you know, our numbers have thinned a little bit. We were about 350 on Sunday night, and I know now we've had several had to sneak out today now that we're at the end of the, at the end of the uh, conference. Uh, anyway, here's what we're going to be asking you all to do. First thing, our long-term strategy. Folks, once we get through the election, we want to do what we've talked about, and quite frankly, what Steve referenced. How can a person say... I am a Christ follower, but I don't care what the Bible says about abortion. You're not following Christ in that area of your life. And recognize this, we as pastors, when you go back and get started, don't just come in and start ripping down the Republican platform. You begin by, building, by asking this question. Say, ladies and gentlemen, one of the things that revealed to me this weekend, thought about what part of our lives is Jesus not the Lord over? Well, that's the only part we can't talk about in church. But if he's the Lord over everything, if whatever you do, as Paul said, you're to glorify God in what you do, then everything should be taught about and preached about in church from a biblical worldview. And one counsel was given to me, when I began ministry at the age of 37, one wise older pastor told me this. He said, you just preach the Bible and let others disagree with it. Folks, the Bible is an offense. The gospel is an offense. The Lord Jesus is an offense. Sometimes I'm offensive, but I don't want to be. Reality is it happens, but the gospel is always going to offend. Truth will always offend the lie. That's okay. You stand on the truth. If you have people leave your congregation, so be it. They weren't with you to begin with. So long-term strategy, we want to do comprehensive worldview training across the country. We want to do conferences just like this, even larger in every state. And we want to do smaller satellite conferences where perhaps rather than five or six of us, maybe just two of us show up and we do one-day mini-conferences. But we want to get pastors and all believers to start thinking like Christians in every area of their lives so they'll start acting like Christians in every area of their lives. So long-term is that's what we want to do. We want to be transforming, transforming and renewing the mind so that we may discern what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Think like Christians in order to behave like Christians. And then, of course, we all talk about revival, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. The one part of that verse that we always seem to forget is the repentance part. We're all good with the crying out to heaven. We're all good with the praying part. Oh, boy. And by the way, don't we pray or, or say we're going to pray a lot when we really don't pray? Oh, well, let me pray about that. No, no. Yeah, right. Okay. Pray in the part. We, well, that's easy lip service. But this last sentence here, turn from your wicked ways. That's repentance. That's changing direction. That's changing behavior. At that point, God says, oh, okay, now I'm hearing. Now I'm listening from heaven. I'll forgive your sins and heal your land. First is the short-term strategy, which is where we're at right now. Register your congregation to vote. 
Dr. Scarborough will be talking about it here and other things as he challenges you and shares from his heart the last part of our event. He is working with the Jonathan Project. Go to that website. Call their offices. You can have Rick come in. Uh, You can work with them in any way, either face-to-face or via the phone, whatever. Wonderful resources. You need to know when your registration deadline is for your state. Make sure you have uh, registration, um, uh, what do you call them, Uh, documents, uh, registration forms in your church. You can register your people to vote every Sunday. As Steve Riggle says, he's got it open in his church. As Jack Hibbs said, they've got it open in their church every Sunday. That is absolutely legal. Don't let anybody tell you that it's not. Make sure your people are registered to vote. Then... Preach three what we call election sermons. You've got about eight weeks. About eight weeks between now and the election. Preach three patriot pastor sermons. First one, and by the way, those notebooks, these videos, every sermon that you've heard preached up here is on our website in video. A lot of them are there in PDF. A lot of them have the PowerPoint slides already there available for you. You're not stealing anything. We are brothers in Christ, sharing with each other, brothers in arms. We're standing together in this. You can, you can, we have had people come to our conferences that have taken our notebooks and preached straight through our notebooks. You know what we say to that? Praise God. That's exactly what we want. In fact, I had one young man come to me. We were doing a follow-up event, and he said, he was listening to me talk, and he leaned over to his dad and said to his dad, he said, hey, Brother Paul stole your sermon. And then his dad admitted to him and said, no, actually, I heard it from him first. But that is okay. We want this material to be out there, all right? So all of this is, by the way, we've got guests. Brother Rick is available a lot. Kay Carl is available a lot. A number of these speakers could be available to come to your congregations and break the ice if you want them to. Again, Dan and I share ministry. We co-pastor, so one or the other of us can be gone on any given Sunday, and, and we're just fine. So we are available. Go to the table in the back. Make your request. I can't guarantee that that guy can come, but we can certainly make the introduction and see if we can make it happen. Uh, Then, buddy, would you hit the next one here? Have a little bit. Uh, Use our resources and memes, everything that's on the website at libertypastors.com. Go ahead and hit it again, Dan. We've got, if you go, you'll have a drop-down menu. All of these things, civil government videos, civil government documents, race, racism, critical race theory, Marxism, socialism, global government, I voter guide. Brother Richard over here, I voter guide. Public school exit, libertypastors.com. Go ahead and hit it again, Brother Dan. Uh, you will have access to videos just like this with our PowerPoint slides and PDFs available so we can teach it to your church or you can just watch it, take notes, and go. you go preach it to your church. Hit the next one if you would. Uh, PDFs both in English and Spanish and most, most of the messages. Hit the next one if you could. All right, this is the Jonathan Project. You go there, we've hit the icon called Resources. All sorts of videos, sermon notes, I'm assuming, all sorts of advice on how to register your people to vote. Sermon, go ahead, what? There are videos also they can show, and you can, we, we welcome you to brand all that as your own. Don't, don't mention Jonathan Project, but there are Bible study materials There are videos. We want you to use them as your own. Very good. All of that's available. Go to the Jonathan. Of course, we link to it through our website. Go ahead and hit it again, Brother Dan. This is iVoter Guide. It's a non, what do they call it? It's neither Republican, Democrat. It's a Christian perspective on on, uh, the elections. You can type in your address or zip code. Go ahead and hit it again. 
and it will pull up your ballot. So you will see exactly what issues and exactly what candidates you're voting on. Now, right now, go ahead and hit it again. I plugged in 73034, which is where I live. We don't have it. Our next election is November the 3rd, so they don't have anything on it immediately. But promise you over the next couple of weeks, there will be lots of material comparing the two presidential candidates as well as every other uh, ballot issue that we will be voting on on that day. Wonderful resource, incredible, born-again, committed Christians providing the facts for us to discern and then vote. Don't vote your values. God says that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? As Christians, we're to vote biblical values, okay? All this will be available there. Go ahead and hit it again. Yes, sir. That's, let me just say, that is the only voter guide that, that our ministry recommends, both Jonathan Project as well as my own organization, Recover America, and we support that ministry. There's not a better voter guide for your people. And one thing I tell people to do is, Get your erases, download them, uh, print them out, and have your people take that ballot and that information right into the, to the voters' booth because there's always downline uh, races that they won't know anything about and won't remember. So that's a perfectly legal thing to do, and it avoids having to get down at the bottom and just kind of pick and hope for the best. Right, very good. So all of this you can link to through our website. Uh, public school exit. You know what? Boy, there's, this is a Romans 8.28 moment. We've seen what has gone on in public education, and quite frankly, we've got a lot of wonderful Christian teachers who are forced to teach our students secular humanism. That doesn't work. We've got everybody that's homeschooling right now. You know what you need? You need some good curriculum. Go to this website, Public School Exit. They can direct you and walk you through. I know there's a lot of fear and trepidation, but it's not hard at all. Let me tell you, pastors, and we're not a mega church like Steve or Steve Riggle. We're not. Like I said, our auditorium seats about 500, and we are comfortably full. We've got a great group. But in our facility, which, by the way, 12 acres, prime real estate, 25,000 square feet of building, 100% paid for, money in the bank. God has blessed us. We facilitate four different homeschool co-ops over the course of the week. We have one each day of the week. We let them use our facility free. Now, as wonderful Christian people, they will generally make some contributions here along to try to help pay for the wear and tear for the bills, but we don't require of it, require them to do it. We don't have to administrate it. We just provide them the facility. There are certain things you want to do, too, to make sure you've got uh, your insurance in place, but it's not hard, and it doesn't tax you at all, and it provides a vehicle to get as many kids in your area out of the secular humanism and taught a biblical education. You can do that in your church. It doesn't matter if you've got a one-room church that seats 100 people. You can facilitate a homeschool co-op. You don't need five campuses. If you got five campuses, you can do a lot. If you got a hundred room or a hundred person auditorium, you can do a lot. So that's all available. I recommend it highly. So register your congregation to vote with the Jonathan Project. Preach three election sermons. Preach three election sermons. Preach three election sermons. How many was that? I think it was three. Okay, very good. Preach three election sermons. Okay. Use our resources, our memes. You like those short videos? You like those two-minute videos on socialism and things of that nature? Those are available. Use those in your social media network. Use those in your sermons. Use those in your youth group. Teach 
everyone the dangers of socialism and what it really means, then as you get to the election time, that Sunday before, make sure and encourage your people to vote. Find out if any of them need a ride to the polls. Check right now if there's anybody that needs to vote absentee. They can register to do that now. Make sure to get 100% of your congregation to vote or do everything you can to make sure to get 100% of your congregation to vote. I promise you, the other side is working hard going out, as we've already heard, and registering all sorts of unregistered liberal Democrats to vote. We've got to make sure, and what were the reports we had, what, 15 million Christians not even registered to vote? And 40 million Christians don't vote? Well, we've got to correct that. That's where the Jonathan Project, that's where I Voter Guide, and that's where you come in. And by the way, as Bill Cook said yesterday, make sure a network with somebody in here, develop a relationship so you can hold each other accountable. And when you go home, you grab at least two or three other pastors that you have good, close relationships with, and you begin to mentor and influence them. Let's see what else we have out here. Dan, if you would. Okay, and then after we get through this election, we go back, God willing, we're going to root out every socialist of the State Department, every socialist that's buried within the Department of Justice, and we've got to root them out of our seminaries or start new ones. And then over the next four years... Hopefully we won't have to go through this kind of a crisis issue and hit that next slide. I'm going to come down now and grab some questions. So if you have a question that you would like to ask, I tell you what. Let's first of all let's take about uh, let's take, just take two take three minutes uh, each approximately, and you guys each just address the congregation uh, briefly. Something from your heart, something you want to share with them, uh, and then we'll take some questions. Well, I'm glad you asked me to do that because I have something really important to share. I, I had the privilege of spending the past weekend in Steve Smotherman's church and preaching all those services. Uh, the fact I'm speaking today is a miracle. I wasn't sure I'd, I could do that. He does it every week. But I want to caution all of you. <clears throat> what he said about the rant, first time he did it, I about fell out of my chair. He really does that. He looks right in the camera and says, hey, governor, hey, mayor, and, and, uh, and he speaks. What happens when you're impressed with someone and their boldness is you go back home and try to be them. And that's the worst thing you could possibly do. Because you you got a thumbnail. And by the way, I asked Steve, I specifically said, tell him about your church. Tell him how big it is. He didn't tell you. It has 23,000 members. 23,000. Uh, this is, it's, it's the best kept secret in America, in my opinion. But what he didn't tell you is what I saw. He never passes a person that he doesn't call them by name. I, I was staggered at that. I, he knows his people. He stops and he loves on them. Uh, if there's any need mentioned, he has prayer on the spot. Uh, he, he reminds me so much of Jerry Falwell. When I got involved in speaking out, Dr. Falwell heard about me down in Houston, uh, came to our church and, and spoke a couple of times, and then he made me his poster child for a pastor who ought to be engaging. He took me to all of his big mass gatherings and uh, I learned how to stay on the clock. He'd say, Scarborough, you got three minutes. And buddy, if I went three minutes, two seconds, he'd cut me off. But he, he gave me exposure and he, and he discipled me. But I, I got to see him up close and personal. I'm going to tell you a little bit in my, in my final message about our daughter, Catherine, who's with Jesus now. But buddy, the person she loved the most on the earth, I think, other than her family, was Jerry Falwell because of the way he loved on her. 
He just had an affinity for hurting people. That's the part nobody ever told people about. I'm, uh, that's the part that Steve wouldn't tell you about, but that's who he is. And if you want to mimic his life, I suggest you mimic Jesus' life, but if, if you were impressed by what you heard and saw, then also make sure that the, the backdrop to that is the same loving, caring person uh, that God has made uh, uh, Steve Smotherman, because that, that's the part you have to be close. This pastor pastored under him, and he'll affirm what I'm saying, that Steve has a heart for people like few I know. So I, I want to just start by saying that, and then finally... Uh, gentlemen, ladies, the, the, the future of our country is on our shoulders. It's on our shoulders. It, it, we're either going to live or die and go forward in freedom, or you are going, if you, if you are faithful, going to probably be persecuted, if not enslaved, and, and likely die for your faith. Because the first ones to go are people who went to conferences like this. And somewhere there's a list kept. And... Unfortunate for you, you're now on it. Welcome. You'll either have to deny everything you say you believe, or you're going to have to die if we don't save this country. I have believed that since I was a young evangelist. And um, here we are. So just think about that. Thank you, Dr. Scarborough. Uh, so uh, I pastor in Lubbock, Texas, and uh, we have a 57-year-old congregation church. Uh, I've only been there uh, 18, going on 19 years. Pastor Steve and I are personal friends, almost 30 years. I was the executive pastor at the church that he is presently at. And uh, he took that church from about 1,100, 1,200 people to where it's at today in the almost 19 years that he has been there. And uh, he is a leader extraordinaire. And doc like Dr. Scarborough said, you know, one man's plans, another man's poison. And the important thing is to be who you are. Steve he is who he is, and what you see is what you get. And he is comfortable in his own skin. And every every leader in here, you have your own style. You know, in our church in Lubbock, Texas, it's a conservative uh, community. And uh, we have a private Christian school, about 650 students, 40 years uh, young. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been open since Mother's Day. Our school just opened. And, uh, you know, we did things the right way. And it's important that, uh, you know, you have a strategy. It was mentioned earlier in uh, the, the conference, be as wise as serpent, serpents and gentle as doves. I tell our congregation, for those that are, that are new, I say, you know, we're, we're an intersection. We're spiritual truth uh, and biblical knowledge intersects with moral, cultural, and social issues. So we're going to have a conversation about what we don't believe are political issues, but moral, social, and spiritual issues. We want you to feel welcome. You may not think the way we think. You may not believe the way we believe. Uh, but we're going to address these issues. Because at the end of the day, what everybody wants, as Pastor Steve said, when you go to a doctor, you want the truth. You don't want the doctor to tell you, oh, you're fine and you're, you're dying and you're not going to live very long. And then you want to be able to not only give the prognosis, the diagnosis, but the treatment. And so we're, we're in the life-saving, soul-saving business. And what's been so exciting about the last couple of days is we've all been rejuvenated. And we've heard so much, you know. Uh, we've downloaded so much. And now we're going to have to prayerfully ask the Lord a strategy on how we, in our different communities, and based on your background, based on your gifts, your skills, your talents, your passions, your voice... You know, you don't want to be Pastor Steve's voice. He's got a powerful voice, right? How many like his voice? His, his voice carries, right? And so, uh, you know, you, you can't be somebody else. You have to be you. And I would also encourage all of us 
to, well, you know, the, the guy from Wall Builders, what's his name? He, he, David, Barton. David Barton. You know, he says that you're to think biblically but speak secularly. Kay Carl kind of touched on that, that we have to, we're missionaries, we're living in a, like a foreign country, and as missionaries, we have to understand the language of this generation, especially millennials. I have two sons, 27 and 25, both born again, both work at the church, both have a biblical worldview, but they're millennials. And how many know millennials don't think like we think up here, right? And they are, their language is different, and there's a language barrier. Sometimes there's a generational barrier. And so we just have to be wise as serpent gentle as doves, and use a dash of humor. Amen. You know, uh, you know you, you, my, my mom used to always say, you know, that, uh, you know, you could, uh, she would give me my, my pills when I was a little kid. If I was sick, you know, she'd give me a pill and she'd put syrup on it. And I know we don't want to sugarcoat anything, but you, Paul, writing to Timothy, he said, it's important that with humility we correct those that are wrong per adventure that God gives them the gift of repentance. And so, you know, humility and compassion, and speaking the truth in love, right? It's been said, if you speak truth without love, it's harsh. If you speak love without truth, truth, it's, it's deception. And so we have to speak the truth in love. Uh, but the future, as we've all been reminded the last couple of days, the future and the course of our country desperately depends upon us. And we do need to be, uh, take the muzzle off and be the megaphone and stand boldly, stand courageously and know that the Lord is for you. And if the Lord is for us, as Pastor Steve has proven, who could be against you? So go, go with confidence and stand tall and stand strong. I have one, I think. Yeah, I, I just talked, so I'll just say uh, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Well, one of the things I want to encourage you to do is on these three election sermons, we have plenty of material. Paul's listed some of those things. Uh, In my book, there are excerpts from some of the actual 18th century election sermons, very moving quotes that you can use. I guarantee you most of you people have never heard those. There are little vignettes and stories. You are free to use any of that. Those DVDs that we have back there, you are free to take pieces of those and use them, show them in your your services, your Bible studies, wherever you want to do it. I've had some pastors take the, the, the video and actually show it in two parts to their entire congregation. You don't need my permission to do that. You take that. You know, the old saying is if you steal one person's stuff and use it, it's plagiarism. You steal two people's stuff and mix it together, it's research. So just understand... That there's a lot of research that's gone into this. And just use it. Use it. Man, we are trying to accomplish great things for the Lord. And there's no time for turfism. And this is mine. And you got to give me credit. You use it. And, and further the kingdom's work. I, I want to say something to you about the whole concept of black robe and the black robe regiment. Because I always add robe so people know what we're talking about. That was the 18th century. And brother, you are right. We have to take the 18th century and bring it into the 21st century. So when I was up here Sunday night in period costume and telling their stories, those are just as relevant in the 21st century as they were in the 18th century. But also remember, we are in the 21st century. And so you've got to take these stories and somehow apply them to our culture and our situation now. Don't just give them a a trip down history lane and tell some really incredible stories. That's wonderful, but if there's no application, 
then, then what good are they really other than just some really great stories out of history? The other thing that I would say to you is that if you really have felt compelled by the Lord to kind of become a black robe preacher without literally wearing a black robe and all that, then it means more than just like preaching a patriotic sermon around the 4th of July. I've had guys tell me, well, my pastor is a black robe preacher. I say, well, what does he do? He said, well, every, every 4th of July, he preaches a patriotic sermon. Well, being black robe is not necessarily about patriotism. I mean, it's a part of it. We all want to be patriotic, obviously. But it's really about standing for truth, which involves liberty and freedom. Because if we don't have liberty to preach the truth then obviously we're in real trouble and we're driven underground. And I often say to people, they'll say, well, you know, I don't know if I ought to do all this. And I say, well, what is the most important thing that we're called to do? And they say, well, preach the gospel. Right. Now, I would, I would say the whole counsel of God, but yes, preach the gospel. Well, then if liberty is defending the right to preach the gospel, then isn't that the most second important thing, that we defend liberty so we can do the most important thing? And so being a black robe Christian or preacher or church leader is not necessarily being able to quote Peter Muhlenberg. I mean, his stories are great. You can use those. They're fantastic. But it's the willingness to stand for truth and to defend liberty no matter the cost. If, if you read about these guys and, and just the little vignettes that I, that I wrote in the book, that those guys were well aware of the risk that they were taking. I, I recall right now, in the book, there's, there's a little portion of a letter that one of those preachers wrote his family, and I'm assuming that he's off with the army somewhere. And he told his sons, he said, if our effort fails, and I'm going to quote what he said, my head will become a button for a British halter. Now, what he was talking about is a, a hangman's noose. He said, I will be hanged. He understood what was at stake, and he made the decision anyway. So understand that as we take a stand against the culture war, both Steve has illustrated it in his experience. I bet all of us up here have stories, maybe not identical, but somewhat similar. There will be a cost. And remember that you've been drinking from a fire hydrant for the last, you know, two and a half days. You saw the black robe story. Many of your people have never even heard of it. They don't know what it is. So you go back and just download all of this in a week. You know, they're, they're, they're not going to be able to, to deal with that. So we have, to, we have to understand that there's a learning curve for them. Now, unfortunately, we're eight weeks out from, you know, D-Day. We, we, part of this conference is to get us ready to try to get our people to vote. So obviously we have to do some blitzing here, some triage. We've we got to do some things. We've got to step out. But just remember that you got all of this in this unique setting. you got all these guys that are speaking that are brilliant. Your folks have not been introduced to this yet. I would suggest that you call some of your leaders together, whoever they are, whether they're deacons or elders or they don't have a title, they're just leaders in your church. You sit them down and discuss what happened at this gathering and what God may have said to you. Get them on board with you. You've got to do that quickly. Get them on board with you and then get them to help you to sell what you believe in your heart and what God has compelled you to do to your congregation. So it's not just you on some, you know, tangent out here. Well, he went off to a conference. He's all excited. He'll get over that in a few weeks. And everything will go back to normal. Hopefully it won't go back to normal. And so, so get your leaders, get them to buy into the vision 
And maybe that is show the video to them or, or, or show Brother Steve's message or whatever in, in a close setting where you can talk, get them to get it, and then they can help you to sell it to the rest of your congregation. If you allow me to use the word sell, sell it to the rest of your congregation. So being a black robe guy is understanding what's really at stake here, not necessarily putting on a powder wig and, you know, a colonial uniform um, that I do simply to tell the story. But, but that message is as valid in the 21st century as it is as it was in the 18th century. So that would be my encouragement to you. So, and, and man, I've just been so excited to be here and to see all of you here. And uh, so, and these guys, it's, it's an honor to be with them. And so thank you so much for being here and being a part of this. Very good, sir. Introduce yourself. I'm Robin Rose. This is my wife, Karen. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for this conference. And um, thank you for all of you sponsors that helped us to come here at such a low cost. Uh, we're thrilled to be here and uh, grateful. <clears throat> I had a, a pastor mentor that uh, always said to me, you got to thank God for people that know how to make money. You know, so they sponsor others and they, they, they push the ministry and they move the ministry. Um, uh, wonderful uh, messages from all of you. To be honest with you, I, um, I'm encouraged. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm a subject of, of uh, I could be very subjective and listen to news and get a little down when I hear things and headlines and whatever. I don't, I'm not asking any of you to be prophetic necessarily, but I just would like to hear from each of you what's your gut feeling about what you think is going to happen in November? What's your, what's your you know, I guess I'm, I'm seeking a, a, an encouragement, but I'd like to hear honestly what's your gut feeling. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, you know, my gut feeling is Trump's going to win big. Um, that's what I believe. Um, I, I just think, uh, you know, the, the, you listen to, I, you know, my, my thought, I quit listening to the news. I, I can't stand it. Um, I don't care what news station. Um, and so I, I do believe personally uh, that Trump's going to win. I think it's going to be a, a big win. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I, I think there's even a possibility that we take back the House. Yeah, I know it's crazy. I believe that too, but I, I really do. I, I think that could happen. Amen. You. Well, I'm going to interject a little caution and ask for prayer. I have had the privilege of sitting in a security briefing uh, with um, people who know what's happening at a, at a whole different level, and uh, they have discovered that every vote uh, cast by computer in this country. Is, has been farmed out over the years to secular companies and every vote goes through Barcelona before it comes back. Now that's a fact. There's efforts being made right now to, uh, uh, to because it's been discovered uh, to make sure that this election is valid. But because, you know, if you'll kill a baby, you'll do anything. And so all this talk about Trump trying to steal the election and cheat is, is exactly what they're trying to do right now. Now, it's been brought to light. Uh, people in high places are aware of it. But we need, to, we need to be vigilant in our prayers that we have a true election. Yeah, I agree. If there's a true election, Trump wins by a landslide. Yeah. 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 I agree. When yeah. you the old saying is true, pray as though it depends on God, work as though it depends on That's you. Right. And so as long as we continue to pray, but also to rally 
and to do what we're doing for the last couple of days here, go back to our communities and our churches amongst family and friends and continue to, to talk. I think, as all of you know, the Democrats, the, the, those that really hate this country, have overplayed their hand. Yeah, they have. And, uh, you know, they, they let the animal out of the cage, and now the carnage and the rioting. There are a lot of – I saw on the news that 12 percent of Trump voters never respond to any kind of polling or anything like that. Uh, there is that silent majority yeah. that got him into office the first time, and I think it's going to happen again because this is a divine moment. And I don't believe God is finished with our president yet, whether he knows it or not. And I know those of you that have had personal interaction with yeah. the president, one of my pastor friends is part of the inner circle. He legitimately has professed faith in Jesus Christ and is growing in that relationship with Christ. And, uh, you know, this is a divine moment. This is a prophetic moment. I told our congregation, I said, listen, you know why so many people hate President Trump? Uh, two reasons. He is the most pro-life president we've ever had yeah, and the most yeah. pro-Israel president that we've ever had. Yeah. Those two yeah. things, the <laughs> devil hates him for that. Could, could I interject one thing? I realize that everything is fluid, so things change. They go from one extreme to the other. There was a story out yesterday on Daily Wire, and uh, since the Republican convention, uh, the support for Trump in, in the black community has accelerated by 60%. Wow. That article said that 24% of blacks right now are saying they're voting for Trump. Yep. Come on. Now, that's a new article that was out yesterday. So, man, that's, that's good let, news. If it holds, that's wonderful. Let me say this before we ask our next question. I agree with all of this. The one thing we have to be prepared for, and quite frankly, I know the government is aware of it, but uh, the other side is already saying that they are not going to accept Yeah the outcome of the election. That's true. So if they are not able to steal it, they will do everything they can to try to resist even to a greater extent than they did the last go-around. So we've got to do our part for right now. This is what we can do. We've got to educate our people, get them motivated, get them registered to vote, get them out voting. We've got to make sure and get that part done, and then we'll face that next hurdle yeah. when we get there. We had a question right here. Yes. Uh, I want to first say thank you again, like everybody. This was such a wonderful opportunity of learning and being encouraged. Um, first question, where is that document? My wife been looking everywhere in you. Yes, the one in the... I put that together, and I'll, I will put that on the website, yeah. Okay. Um, second question, you know, when you have, when you're working with staff, and not everybody's on board, <laughs> you know, this is what you believe, you're, you know, you want to go for this. Will this be a deal breaker when you, somebody within your own staff is against this. I'll tell you what uh, what's happened in our, our staff. You know, we have a private Christian school, and with our church, we have about 220 employees. And uh, there were a lot of questions about Black Lives Matter. We have, we're a very diverse church, like Pastor Steve's church there in Albuquerque. And uh, we're very diverse <laughs> staff. And, um, you know, a lot of times we've been accused of not preaching against the sin of racism. And, uh, you know, all this has just really stirred the pot. And because we're a diverse staff, we have some that are pro-Black Lives Matter, you know, one or two or, or maybe three or maybe more. And so I just stood up before the entire staff and the congregation and said, you know, we are for all lives matter. We love everybody, red and yellow, black and white. Jesus loves us all alike. And uh, we are for all souls and for all people. But when it comes to this organization, you know, we, have, we take a stand against it. And so if you're an employee and, uh, you know, you're going to stand against 
you're not going to take the, the, the position that we are standing for the Bible, for truth, then you, you know, we are a higher at will, a fire at will state. We, we'll let you go. You can go find a church Amen. that uh, believes that. Amen. <laughs> and by the way, that's leadership. You can't have that kind yeah. of dissension in your staff and the church go forward. So we will pray for you. I mean, this is a real issue. Uh, I would encourage you to, to take your staff to the Black Lives Matter website. Uh, if you yeah, just go to the website, they make it yeah, very clear crazy. they're trained Marxists. Uh, they're, they're, they're for the breakdown of the family. They're for transgenderism. They advance homosexuality. Uh, you, in fact, the best way to refer to them is Black Lives Incorporated, not Black Lives Matter. The well, organization is, is a corporation being funded by millions of dollars because they're shaking down big business that has no soul. And so make a distinction between Black Lives Matter and the organization Black Lives Incorporated. Very well said. Thank you, ma'am. Did you have something? Yeah, just real quick. Um, the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? And uh, I have a, a lot of people on my staff. And I'm just, you know, we have policies about social media. Um, and if they don't agree um, and they want to be vocal about it, I agree with Pastor Carl. Man, you, you cannot yeah. stay because we can't walk together. There's no peace there. Right. And, um, and you should own enough of yourself just to resign. And, uh, but you can't, you know, there can't be strife and discord and you go forward and you can't be going this way and someone be pulling you back. And so I, I do believe that, um, when it comes to staff, they either get on board with, it's like anything else. It's the vision. You either get on board with the vision because if you want to do your own vision, you get to go do that someplace else. And I, I do believe that strongly. So, um, you know, and, and if you don't agree, you're going to work like you do. Uh, but if you get vocal about it. Um, then that's another issue. So I, we just have to decide where we're going. Yeah, and on this issue, pray for our church because the verdict's out on Paul. We're not sure where he stands on certain uh. things. So help pray for us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I love to quote to our staff and our congregation St. Augustine's famous quote, in the essentials we have unity, in the non-essentials we have liberty, but in all things we show charity. And so we, we love, we even love those that may differ with us in, in our views and our opinions. And we'll continue to love you, but we do have to all be in agreement. You know, yeah. people on your boat need to make sure that they're plugging holes and not drilling holes, right? <laughs> it's like G.K. Chesterton said, we're all on the same ship in a stormy sea, and we owe each other a terrible loyalty. Yeah. And that, that's, and that ship is the American ship. And all of our fellow Americans, you know, we don't want to necessarily peg them as the enemy. The enemy is the devil. It's, yeah. it's not them. It's the devil in them. But we know we can cast the devil out of them. And we know we can win minds, win hearts, and win souls. And to the, you know, Paul said, as much as is in you, be at peace with all men and pursue holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So we, we believe, you know, the logic, the compelling logic and truth that was presented by every speaker up here, you know, we're not shooting blanks anymore, right? I mean, we know what the target is, and we can aim, and we can fire the truth, and it will set people free. Uh, we have God on our side and the truth on our side, and we can win these people's minds. And um, we just have to make sure that we understand that we're all in the same ship. And our church, you know, God commands the blessing where there's unity. And I'm thankful, as Pastor Steve was mentioning, we all have different governing structures, and you have to be adroit, you have to be wise as a serpent, you have to play chess and not checkers, you have to be sharp, smart, and sincere, you have to know, you know, how uh, to 
not you know sell, but we're all yeah, we're all exactly in, the, in the business of, of, of casting the vision. Right. And exactly you have to know right. how to win hearts and win minds. You have to Amen. know the power of influence. And some people may be you know far away from the truth, but you can begin to bring them in, reel them in. We're all fishers yeah. of men. We have to use yeah. different bait That's for good. different fish. And so uh, we're you know we're not going to just uh, one size doesn't fit all. So. Know that your board is with you, if you have a board. Know that your key leaders are with you. And then as much as is within you and the Spirit of God influencing through you, bring as many people, win as many people over as you possibly can. And a lot of times it's uh, apples of gold and settings of silver is a word fitly spoken in due season. And pray and ask the Lord to, to, that your tongue has been anointed with a coal uh, from the altar of heaven and that you are speaking the truth and, and the words that you're speaking there it's like god's words like a hammer and it's like a fire and it will consume their hearts and trust that the holy spirit it's not us anyway it's not you it's not me it's the holy spirit speaking through us Amen. got a question from over here thank you guys uh, it's been a great uh, couple of days so appreciate it uh, my question is about the voter guides uh, we've been a couple of weeks ago, we bought like a web domain. I'm in Collin County, so we bought like collincountyvoterguide.com. Uh, but I heard you guys mention the like I vote guide. And is there any resources that either you have or even that you recommend that people are making for local voter guides, like school districts, uh, city boards? Uh, for me, that's one of the areas I find the most uneducated and, and very low vote. <coughs> Where are and you located? So, What's that? Where are you located? Uh, I'm in Prosper. We're looking as a church trying to get like guides for like Prosper, Prosper you'd have that, Frisco, and McKinney. And so, hold on a second. I'm gonna give the microphone to the man for I Voter Guide. Perfect. Thank you. Yes, we we cover Prosper, but basically the I Voter Guide at this time goes all the way down, or from president down through the state legislative level, plus some judicial races. However, we are looking now in the future, getting down into the school boards and some of the municipality races, but we just don't have the bandwidth now. We're in all 50 states at the federal level, 20 states down to the state level in those key states. But uh, we, we, and by the way, we have a great thing coming out on the presidential races and, and for the whole website where we have both the Republican and the Democratic uh, platforms from both parties spelled out from their own wording. We just quote them. We don't editorialize on key issues like abortion, religious liberty, uh, national defense, economics. And then underneath that, we have what the Bible says. So I encourage you to look at that. Uh, I had the privilege of serving at least one season as one of the screeners for iVoterGuide. They literally spend hours and hours and hours analyzing each candidate all the way down to who gives donations to those candidates. So you have a lot of folks who talk a good game, but when you look at who's giving the money to them, you realize where their hearts are. So I, that's why I highly recommend iVoterGuide.com or org. Dot com, I thought so. iVoterGuide.com as a resource, uh, you'll really find a lot of help for your church. Just have enough time for about two more questions before we turn it over to Dr. Scarborough, so please. In the spirit of chess and not checkers, I think we're almost at 40 days away from the election. 
and assuming that God's going to give President Trump four more years. Um, it's already been said here that they are not going to accept the election. Are you all brainstorming on equipping us for when that happens? Yeah. And that, I guess that's for yeah. you, Paul. And yeah, I, I mentioned we mentioned that a moment ago. That will be the next hurdle. Our initial hurdle right now is getting our people registered to vote and then getting them to the polls. Let's get the, let's win this election legitimately, and we're in the meantime also preparing for. But understand, if, Do, if if Trump is elected, you're going to see a lot more ability after the election for him to mobilize uh, his resources to put this down. Strike a scoffer, strife will cease. All you got to do is start rounding up the leaders of this thing. And he'll do that once he's reelected. Question right here. Yes, my question is, um, my name is Roger Molon. I'm the leader of uh, evangelism department for my church, Global Light International Church in Grand Prairie, Texas. I, my question is, uh, how do we get young people get engaged, given the fact that uh, conference like this, you hardly see young people in churches, you hardly see young people. Uh, how do we really get them in, involved in it and get vote and register them for vote? Uh, and then the last thing I just want to say is to uh, maybe encourage us, maybe like uh, make family uh, devotion in which can engage young people, children in the house, uh, educate them on the values of God concerning our nation and pray with them in Isaiah 66 verse 8 say can a nation be born in one day they say but as long as men travel a nation will be born in one day so I just want to ask my question then encourage all with this scripture to pray with gather as family gather as group involve children amen amen thank you as far as engaging the young people I mean the devotional is a great idea we don't have that on the website yet that's a wonderful idea Guys, anything particular? Obviously, we get through this election, which is the immediate, then we can focus on, quite frankly, we have got one of the things we mentioned a while ago, we have got to root the socialism out of our seminaries. Otherwise, stop sending our kids to these seminaries. Quite frankly, many of the pastors in this room have never been to seminary. I'm one of them. And I would be glad to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody on any theological doctrine that you'd like. But most of us have been, Dan Fisher has been mentored by Dr. Bennett for many years, coming alongside a man like Steve Smotherman and being mentored and trained personally. Quite frankly, how did Jesus do it? Did he send him to seminary? No, the 12 walked with him and let the rabbi teach them practically every day. So that may be something we're going to be focusing on, but immediately we've got to get through this election. Anything that you wanted to add, Carl, or, or as far as reaching? Well, I just, I just want to say, you know, as pastors, of course, you know, we are, we are dedicated to the family. And uh, with Christian schools, uh, it, it, we have to have the long view, right? There is no quick fix. We didn't get here overnight. We're not going to get out overnight, uh, barring revival, and we're always praying for that. Uh, but Barna has great research. You know, go to barna.org, and they have great research on the millennials and how they are leaving our churches by the droves, and why they are. But those that are coming, they're coming to churches that have clear, clearly defined convictions on right and wrong and biblical truth. So uh, uh, the gospel is attractive in and of itself, and uh, we need to continue to develop strategies long term. There's a saying. 
be, be impatient for action, be patient for outcomes. That's just a great business concept. But the spiritual concept is we want to be acting, but then patient for those outcomes. Because uh, we can't affect outcomes. You know, only, only God can. But we need to continue to plant the seed and water the seed and just always, always, always trust that God is going to give us the increase. And one thing that will be very helpful we've seen reaching millennials, because we actually have an on-campus ministry. We bought a building. It's fully staffed. We, we reached the local university campus. Of course, somewhere between 80 and 90% of the young people that grow up in our Christian homes abandon their faith by the time they get to college. Apologetics is critical. You've heard me share that, and I hope you all, you all have a copy of that little booklet, It's Not Blind Faith. It's just a real brief taken from some great works from Josh McDowell, Frank Turek, Alex McFarland, some other men that are experts in the field. But when our kids understand that faith is not an emotion, it's not a feeling, Christianity is a fact. The tomb was empty, therefore Jesus is the Lord. Now, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, it's up to each and every individual as to what they're going to do with that information. You can either like Herod Agrippa say, nope, not for me, almost Paul, but nope. Or you can like Thomas fall on your knees and cry out, my Lord and my God. But when these kids get to campus and they try to tell them that Christianity is factually not true, your kids have to be equipped to engage that battle and refute it. And truth always wins. In a battle of, of issues. Go ahead. I want to thank God for this great time of this wonderful time we have had together. And I pray and I hope that God will make it available that we have this kind of meeting maybe once or twice before the election. That the Lord will provide for it because it will help a lot. I want to ask this question, please. Uh, last two weeks ago, I come across this information on the website and I verify it to be true. I've used it to talk to a few pastors and it works like a magic. <laughs> and that is about in 2016 election and DNC convention, they have what they called section D, non-acceptable references. I don't know if any of us have heard of it or seen it. He said, in order to ensure a non-discriminatory and enjoyable climate for attendees of the Democratic National Convention, DNC, all public speakers are required to read and initiate the following guidelines of non-acceptable words, phrases, topics for use in all public addresses. The Democratic Party strongly recommend the guidelines also be followed in private conversation also. Strongly discouraged, number one, any reference to Judeo-Christian God or associated religion. Number two, any reference to Islam associated with war, terror, or violence of any type. Number three, any reference to Affordable Care Act, especially Obamacare. Number four, any reference to China, North Korea, Mexico, or Russia. Prohibited. Any reference to Jesus Christ or Jesus Christ unless used as a profanity. That's on there. Jesus. That's on there. I cried the day I read this. In America. This is on their website. 
2016. I cried in America. And I forget to say, did anybody ever saw this or know about this? Look at the next one that says, any reference to Islam, that is, no, no, this is prohibited. Any reference to socialism or communism, any reference to Libya, Syria, Ukraine, or especially Iran, any reference to golf or vacations, any reference to lying, adultery, emails, server, foundation, or investigations. Down he said, I, I have read and signed to adhere to the above stipulations. You initial yourself. Everyone that stand on that podium to speak in 2016 DNC was given this charge. And every one of them initial and accepted it. That's why they never mentioned Jesus, God, or anything Judeo-Christianity in America. Please, this is on website. I can send it to you? Okay. You can use this to any pastor, any Christian, any believer you send this to. After you see this is what they are already planned and what they are doing on DNC and they still want to vote them. I have a deliverance ministry. Those believers come for deliverance. Amen. God bless us. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Last one right here, and then we're going to turn it over to Dr. Scarborough. Hi. This is more educational than anything. I think we'd all agree that those videos coming out on YouTube about BLM being trained Marxist was hugely helpful to all of us. One of the servers next door, a black lady, informed me, and I did a little research last night, that there's also tons of videos out there about how the BLM leaders practice witchcraft, necromancy, the Yoruba religion of IFA, IFA, which I've never seen, but you can Google BLM and witchcraft and see videos out there of them practicing such things as well. Amen. Yeah. Well, going back, to, I, I had seen some of that too. Going back again, going back to the African heritage and the African occultic religion. Let's give a big round of applause to our experts up here, Dr. Rick Scarborough, Pastor Dan Fisher. Pastor Steve Smotherman, Pastor Carl Tony, thank you men.